We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, it's hour number three of a football Monday. Home and home, radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Right now, it's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter coming up in just a bit we'll head down to dallas 105.3 the fan i hear from jason garrett on what is ailing the cowboys and tom brady this morning on weei uh the patriots that big thursday night win but let's talk pittsburgh steelers what a surprise win it was 24 17 in la or was it in pittsburgh it was hard to tell from watching on television let's bring in andrew filipponi our good friend from pittsburgh Pony, good to see you, Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. What the heck was that? Was that another home-slash-road game for Pittsburgh just filling up L.A.'s home stadium? Yeah, I guess it's in Carson, California, but the big bar district in Pittsburgh is called East Carson Street, so I felt like they had just transplanted the uh, the game to a soccer stadium here downtown. No, it was cool. It was really awesome, and I had a I've been saying it uh, for the last two years uh, that the Chargers have been a team without a home, 13-3 and last year. They really didn't play a single home game. What an impressive season it was back in 2018 for them. But I thought it was a tough ask for L.A. to come back and do the same thing all over again this year. And I just knew, based on some of the games I had seen there this year, like Denver at 0-4 went in there last week and took over the stadium. And I just had a feeling that Steelers fans worldwide, it is a global team, was going to take over a stadium in a city where, frankly, Los Angeles doesn't want the Chargers. So it was a ninth home game last night. And Dave, you know, I felt like the team played off the crowd. It's not often in professional sports where I feel like the fans, the crowd can make a difference in a game. And I think last night they absolutely did. The Chargers were shook. They had to go silent count. The first time they had the football last night because they couldn't hear themselves. And I thought that made a big difference in the game. I'm with you, Pony. I mean, obviously, the Steelers fans are incredible. I've played against them for multiple teams. I can remember with the Redskins, felt like half the crowd. With the Bills, maybe almost half the crowd. Not like that, though, last night. I feel just, like, sad and embarrassed, frankly, for Chargers players and really Chargers fans and the NFL should never have ever let this happen. But they did, and that's where we are now. Let's get to the win for the Steelers. And look, when there's a guy that starts a game at quarterback in the NFL, Pony, that I had never yes. heard of a week ago, we got to talk about him. <laughs> I mean, Devlin Hodges. He got in that game last week. I had literally never heard of the dude, which is kind of hard to do. What did you think of his performance last night? And do you think that there's any chance they would keep him in there? Or is it right back to Rudolph when he's ready? I'll answer the second part first, Ross. I mean, just based on some of the things I've heard from the Steelers, if Mason Rudolph can play, he's going to be in there against Miami. I mean, they they 
you know, they, they keep selling their fans that they had a first round grade on Rudolph, even though they waited until the third round to draft him last year. I think it's his job. I don't think they're going to, I, I, I do think what they're going to use here is the old, you can't lose your job because of injury thing. I would fully anticipate unless there's a setback that Rudolph will start in two weeks against the Dolphins. Now, should he is a, is a separate question. And for me, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. I like guys who win. I'm big on winning. And Hodges is 1-0. And if you compare Rudolph's first start in San Francisco to Hodges' first start in L.A., there are a ton of similarities. West Coast game where the Steelers usually lose under Mike Tomlin. The defense gifts wraps you a bunch of turnovers. They did that last night. Uh, they did that in Rudolph's first start. They turned San Francisco over five times. The difference is... The Steelers' offense responded better, I thought, to Hodges than it did in Rudolph's first start. So I would give Rudolph the next game. I don't think that, uh, I don't believe that Rudolph has earned the benefit of the doubt. He's been good, but it's been a very conservative offense with, with him at the helm. It was a really conservative offense last night, except they won. So I would go back to Hodges in two weeks, but I think there's a 0.0% chance that Doc Hodges plays against the Miami Dolphins. Benny Snell Jr. leading the way in the backfield, 17 carries, 75 yards, looked like a little injury for James Conner. Maybe you can elaborate on, but real quickly, just a little more on Devlin Hodges. This is one of the terrific stories through six weeks of the NFL, quite frankly. Yeah. To Ross's point, he hadn't heard from it, heard of this guy. He went to Sanford. That's about all I know in, in addition to the fact that, as NBC told us, He's really good at the duck call. Uh, tell us about that. And do you have a duck call? Um, I, I usually reserve that for my wife, guys. So I'm not going to run okay. that one by you. We've kind of got a romantic <laughs> duck call thing that we do. I'm going to keep that between us. Keep it private. Uh, as, as far as Duck Hodges goes, he was actually the talk of Steelers training camp. Uh, they brought him in as just a warm body. as just a camp arm. And everybody there was just enamored by the way he performed. In fact, I know for sure, I've got it on authority, that after Ben Roethlisberger, uh, if you just are to evaluate and analyze what they did in camp, Hodges was better than Rudolph and Josh Dobbs, who they ended up trading to Jacksonville earlier this year. He's small. He's short. And because of that, even though he set the FCS record for passing yards all time, he didn't get sniffed by NFL teams. But he's thrown a million passes. I mean, it's kind of like a poor man's Gardner Minshew, to be honest with you guys. Like, same kind of offense at Samford uh, as Washington State. I think NFL scouts thought he was a system quarterback, that the stats really didn't mean anything. And because of his height, it was a complete non-starter. But he's got a ton of confidence. I can tell you the players, both offense and defense, really believe in him. And he's composed. I mean, he had one bad pass last night that was an interception perception but other than that he's played a really smart game yeah I thought I thought he was fine for what they needed what they had um you know Connor is the one that carried the load in the first half the whole offense went through him and I guess the biggest difference I see right now between him and Le'Veon Bell Pony and tell me if you think this is fair is that he just can't stay healthy I mean Bell I, I know Bell got banged up but Bell played a lot Whereas it seems like Connor has gotten hurt more than Bell ever did. Well, that there's definitely there's. 
All right. Had a little technical issue there uh, with Andrew Filipponi, 93-7 uh, there in Pittsburgh. Uh, it, it, Ross, are you still with us? I am. Yeah. All right. Just had a little technical issue there. Uh, but to your point, yeah, it looks, it looks like James Conner really having a hard time staying healthy. The, the, the defense, though, the defense really has been spectacular. And Mike Tomlin, who you heard whispered about with this Washington job, and I'm not quite frankly sure why, Mike Tomlin's done a terrific job coaching this team up despite the injury to Big Ben. Uh, I think he has. Uh, you think about you know, the, the issues they had earlier in, in that Ravens game. I mean, if that Ravens game hadn't gone the other way, they'd be tied atop the AFC North right now. All right, we there he is. Pony He's back, back with Pony, us. I was asking you, sorry, Pony, I was asking you about Connor's yeah. durability. I had a phone call from Washington, D.C. It might have been about Tomlin. I think it kind of kicked <laughs> us off there. So sorry about that. My apologies. I'll get back to Dan Snyder maybe a little bit later. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know what, uh, Ross? Um, full disclosure, we do a show with James Conner on our radio station, so I just want to put that out there before I make an evaluation of him. Um, I thought by far last night was his best game. It's really, the shame of it is, it's the first time this year he's looked fully healthy to me. There's He's been either a step slow or a little bit hesitant for most of this year. Um, the Bengals game, he was better, but that's because they used that wildcat and Cincinnati's linebackers are awful. But it has been a lingering thing. I mean, he got hurt in December last year. They had to go to guys like Stephen Ridley and Jalen Samuels. If Connor's healthy, who knows? Maybe they make the playoffs. They beat the Saints. Maybe the Antonio Brown fiasco never happens. There's a lot of what-ifs you can play. Uh, but I think it's a fair criticism. Uh, I know that Connor himself gets very upset when the injury-prone label gets thrown around because he thinks the injury rate at running back is 100%. But he misses time. And he, and he got hurt. First, it was a shoulder injury last night. Then it was a quadricep injury that left Benny Snell out there. And to Snell's credit, he made plays. I mean, here's a guy that almost got cut by the Steelers at the end of the preseason, even though it was a fourth-round pick. They were so disappointed in him. And I thought he responded under the bright lights of a soccer stadium last night. I thought he played a really good game. And, and Pony, what I about that, Mike? Bit... Oh, go ahead, Dave. Apologies. Want to follow up on that uh, Coach Tomlin coaching job and the the whispers about the Washington situation? Well, I mean, they really got to become more than whispers when there was a picture taken of uh, Redskins private plane at Pittsburgh International Airport on Tuesday, which got all kinds of conspiracy theories going here. My favorite one was that Daniel Snyder just sent pretty much an empty plane up here, parked it on a runway for three hours, knew that somebody would take a picture of it, and then he could wait and see how his Redskins fans reacted to it down there. So it's been a fever pitch. Uh, I've heard from a lot of people uh, that Tomlin isn't interested, but the Steelers make the call. I mean, they can trade his contract just like you trade a player's. Uh, they've ne I mean, it would be completely unprecedented for them. Other teams have done it, obviously. We know how loyal they've been to coaches, but then again, they gave Tomlin kind of a quasi-backhanded uh, contract extension where instead of the traditional two-year deal, he got one year plus a team option this offseason. And many, many people took that to mean that the franchise didn't want to make him kind of a lame duck this year, but at the same time, 
they didn't want to give him like a full vote of confidence. So it's it's odd because I've never been a part of something like this here where there's even any kind of rumbling or dis, or discussion about a Steelers coach leaving. Um, you know, maybe Tomlin will have op- options in a lot an organization that'll throw more money won't mean more job security because the Steelers never fire a coach. Um, he's from Virginia. So maybe that's a consideration. His kids at Maryland. Um, and maybe Dan Snyder's got a hundred million dollar uh, paycheck waiting for him. But it's interesting because, you know, no one denied it on Tuesday. He had a chance in a press conference to completely shoot down the rumor guys. And he didn't. That is very interesting. Um, speaking of Maryland and down there, I, I did want to get your thoughts on a couple other teams in the division, the Ravens and the Browns. Browns got off to a great start and then blew it. Uh, and so they are now at the same record as the Steelers. And then the Ravens, I don't know how much of that you got a chance to watch, Pony. Yeah. But Lamar Jackson over 100 yards rushing in the first half. Are you buying – are people in Pittsburgh buying that the Ravens can continue to do this with Lamar Jackson all season? No, they're not. I think that, you know, I'm going to go into work today and I'm going to hear people who think that the Steelers are now right back in it to win the division. And there is some – there are some kernels of truth to that. They've got a three-game homestand coming up that back in July looked like it was going to be a rough one. I mean, you get the Dolphins first up, that's easy. But then after that, it's the Colts and the Rams. Uh, but the Rams have floundered the last three weeks. Their offense can't get off the ground. No Todd Gurley. Goff's been a disaster. And we'll see if the Colts can repeat what they did in Kansas City the other night. So, you know, I, I don't think right now the Ravens are viewed, Ross, as a runaway favorite. I think some of it is the injury risk with Jackson. I think that Cleveland loss at home by the Ravens is still sticking with people. And heck, fans watched Baltimore two weeks ago come here. And if not for, you know, an excellent game from Justin Tucker, their kicker, which is nothing new, the Steelers could have beaten them with Devlin Hodges at quarterback. So I think they look at the division as wide open. I can tell you, I don't think anybody here takes the Browns seriously as a division threat right now. Uh, I think that that franchise, that team right now is pretty much lost and is a complete mess. And I think fans share that sentiment. They believe that the Ravens are the team to beat in the division. The Steelers play them in Week 17, can get revenge. And, oh, by the way, the Ravens' schedule gets a whole heck of a lot harder in the next couple of weeks. Talking to Andrew Filippone, 93-7 in Pittsburgh. Do you think Baltimore is the best team in the division? Is it the worst division in football today, the North? Yeah, I, I, I think they are. Uh, Dave, I've got, I've got confidence in John Harbaugh. That's what it comes back on. For me, I believe of the coaches in the division, Freddie Kitchens and Zach Taylor are clearly, you know, in over their heads. But I would say John Harbaugh is considerably better than Mike Tomlin. And I'm judging that and basing that on not like their entire volume of 11 or 12 years of work. It's more, what have you done for me lately? Harbaugh's team came back from the dead to win the division last year and had to completely change their offense to do so. So I've got confidence that guys like Earl Thomas and the rest of that Ravens defense will get better as the season goes on. I'm encouraged by what I've seen from the Steelers offense, or excuse me, Steelers defense. They've got so many great uh, pedigree guys, first round picks. 
Their offense still concerns me. Their line's getting better, but I don't see a lot of playmakers, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and the quarterback thing is still going to be a question mark. So I give the edge to Baltimore. They're up two games, and they've already won a game here in Pittsburgh. I think they'd have to collapse for the Steelers to win the division. Andrew Filipponi, follow him at the Pony Express, P-O-N-I, on Twitter, 93.7 in Pittsburgh. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the time. You bet, guys. Anytime. See ya. Work on that duck call, my friend. <laughs> Love All right, Pony. Tucker. Yeah, go ahead. I do. And, and, and indeed, uh, in a little bit, we're going to talk about uh, Todd Brady. Uh, was asked about Rob Gronkowski, his future with the team. Could he come back? He was on the Greg Hill Show, uh, WEEI, this morning. Some intriguing comments here in just a sec. Yeah, and uh, he, he's not exactly hired as being the uh, the recruiter for the Patriots right now. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Maybe the Patriots will need to hire somebody else to recruit Gronk to come back. What they should do is they should go to ZipRecruiter, just like Dylan Miskowitz did when he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Is Rob Gronkowski hired as a future tight end of the New England Patriots? You all saw his television debut as an analyst for Fox on Thursday night and Though it was skewered by many a media critic, we thought it was pretty entertaining about what you should expect from Gronk. Tom Brady on WEEI this morning, uh, the Greg Hill Show, asked about Gronk coming back. Would Brady help recruit him back into the fold to help this Patriots team make a run at the Super Bowl? We all know they are hurting for some weapons on that offense. Here's Brady. Gronk is going to be in here tomorrow. Do you have a 30 second elevator pitch that we could play for him on, on, uh, on coming back when he's, uh, when he's in here tomorrow. No, he's, I, I'm just, you know, look, I'm, I love that guy. I'm so happy that he's enjoying, um, you know, his time. And I'm just, I'm happy that he's enjoying his life and he seems to really be, um, doing a lot of great things. So he knows how I feel about him and I, I want what's best for him. And, uh, he's the only person that can make those decisions. So, I don't lobby for those things. You know, I just, um, I have a great relationship with him. He's given actually a hell of a lot to our team already over the course of a long period of time. And I think people should be very appreciative and, you know, for what he's brought to the team and for what he's brought to the, to the region. Cause I think he's just a very special guy. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's in a different phase of his life. 
Todd Brady had the Greg Hill Show on WEEI this morning on if he would lobby for Gronk, his good friend and former teammate, to come back and clearly at least publicly saying he will not, though we know Brady is not happy with the weapons or lack thereof outside of Julian Edelman. There is not much to throw to on this Patriots offense. Bob Kraft, before Thursday night's game, said to NFL Network, we hope and we pray Gronk does make a return. I hope and I pray he does not make a return, Ross. I would like to see him preserve whatever he's got in terms of body and health and wellness, but I guarantee you he comes back late in the season to help this take this team make a run. And you? Wow. I don't know how you guarantee that. I still maintain he's not coming back. I don't think he would have signed as a Fox analyst in October to come back in November. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I might be wrong. I think he realizes, I think he likes being retired. I think he likes not getting beat up. I think he's a lot smarter than he lets on and realizes the damage he's already done to his body and how much better he feels now. I think he realizes there's not a whole lot he can still accomplish by going back. I frankly think you could argue it's disappointing for someone like Robert Kraft to say what they said about hope and pray he comes back because I hope and pray he doesn't as a guy that had one back surgery. I don't want him to. I don't want to cringe every time he's out there, every time he takes a hit. And I commend Brady for not doing that. That probably was kind of an awkward spot for Brady because if you say you're rooting for him to come back and you're going to try to get him to come back, convince him, then you put Gronk in a bad spot and it makes Gronk look bad if he doesn't come back. I I think Brady handled that one very well. Privately, I'm sure they've talked. And I think that Brady probably even sees the big picture in life, you know, being married, having several children and realizing you know what? I love him. I love playing with him. If he wants to come back, that'd be great. But I don't want it on my conscience to be the guy that convinced him to come back in case something terrible does happen to him. I hope you are right. I hope I'm wrong. I do not want to see Gronk back on the football field. Continue to entertain us from the broadcast booth. Patriots at the Jets this week, Monday night, which actually looks a lot more entertaining than it would have been otherwise. Jets look like a decent football team given the Patriots' offensive struggles. And speaking of struggles, before we go, let's hear from Cowboys coach Jason Garrett after a rough outing against that Jets team. He was on with Sean and RJ down there in Dallas, 105.3. Listen. You have any questions about the way you're coming out mentality-wise and the passion of your locker room? Yeah, I guess the biggest thing, and I've said it a few times, is just the execution part of it. You know, we have to we have to make the plays. We have to make the plays offensively. We have to make the stops on defense, and and those things typically fit together. Our, our team is made up of really good guys, the right kind of guys who who work hard, uh, prepare the right way, and, and and play the right way. And we just haven't played well enough at the outset of the ball game. And, and again, I think our team has responded well as the game has gone on, but it wasn't good enough. So you did put it all on execution and not your message getting lost or them taking your instruction the way they have throughout your years coaching the team, the message, the, men, the mentality of, of, of your interaction with the guys. You're putting yeah, it all it's, on it's execution. All, it's all of our responsibility. Uh, you know, every coach, every player, every staff member, uh, it's, co- it's a collective responsibility that we all have. 
uh, you know, really each and every day to prepare the right way and go play the right way. And uh, we all take responsibility for it, and we'll learn from it, and we'll move forward. How concerned are you about your job status? I don't really think about that. I just want to make sure I do everything I can every day to do my job as well as I can do it. That's Jason Garrett on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Sean and RJ, the headline on the Dallas Morning News this morning. It's too early for Cowboys to fire Jason Garrett, but his arrogance is inching him closer to the end. It is the final year of his contract. They made him enter this final year. They want to watch him earn a contract. I don't think he survives this season. I think they are hunting for Lincoln Riley when the season's end. What does Jason Garrett have to do? How far does he have to get in the postseason to get a new contract in your estimation, Ross? Ooh, it's a good one. Cause my initial reaction was win a playoff game, but they did last year and right. he didn't get a contract extension after that. So I think it's how they finish. They're three and three now. I mean, if they win the next 10 games and they go 13 and three and they, get a bye and then they get a win and get the NFC championship game. Then I think he's staying. I think NFC championship game or better. He obviously gets an extension. It's if they fall short of that, obviously if they don't make the playoffs, he's out. I think if they don't win a playoff game, he might be out. I think the debatable one would be if they just win one playoff game, I guess it will depend on how they feel at that point. They're going to have to finish a lot like they did last year, make a serious run. I feel like that team's got to get to the NFC Championship game. The amount of money that Jerry Jones committed to this squad preseason, and will he commit another hundred-plus million dollars to Dak Prescott? I think they got to at least win one, probably get to that NFC Championship game to keep. But then again, it depends on the options. It depends on if Lincoln Riley is actually interested in that job. That'll do it for a Monday edition of Home and Home for Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. We will see you tomorrow to wrap up Monday Nighter between Green Bay and Detroit. Enjoy that one. Also, baseball and LCS tonight. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 